Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And a 2-2 count on Marte. Gant, the pitch. Ground ball right to second. A 4-6-3 double play. The Cardinals win it. Defeat the Pirates in the home opener in 11 innings. the final call for today's game the Cardinals six Pirates five today's post game is brought to you by Shenderovich Shenderovich and Fishman and we have a wild one to break down for you today we'll get to everything we'll hear from Clint Hurdle a little bit later but possibly hear from Chris Archer as well but what we want to take a look at was how we ended up in this extra inning 6-5 loss where it looked so promising early on Chris Archer you get a great start from him to the begin the year the offense came through Craig Riley Jack Zarensic alongside me Bob Walk joining us here in the booth to talk about it all. And, Jack, I think one of the things that sticks out to me is for the last couple of days, you and I have talked about pitching and defense being the way that this team's going to win, especially in that bullpen. It looked like a real strength. And now I don't know if we saw that today. So, uh, interesting game. You know, there's just like no way you think in this club's going to lose the way Wayne White was throwing early on. Got, I'm sorry. We got <laughs> – Game one here. We got you, you have to all be here. tied up have, inside of that. Really, you make really some adjustments <laughs> for game two. That's for sure. You have to be here to see this. So Bob's got a right, chair okay. that, that my little daughter okay. should be sitting in yeah. if I had one. You Holding know. a wire over well, his head. And a microphone cord's about a, four feet too short. He's got a cord. That's right. Uh, that's all right. Well, it's I'm been a long now. day for everyone. I, I'm I think, good. Right? Now. You know, I know we had a bobblehead of you falling out of the. Could we get a bobblehead with this headset on you? <laughs> with this, they got a cord. He needs about a ten foot cord. Well, He's got, got one about four. Got this really nice one. Got the really nice hey, cord. Let's do this. Let's switch. We're gonna switch. You wanna? Yeah. Those yeah, are Jack's yeah, contract right. demands. We have to give Jack certain things to keep him happy around here as we get Bob Walk all set up. But Bob and Jack, I'll bring it to you guys. Hey, wait, oh, hey, wait, hey, Bob. I'm gonna get electrocuted with this <laughs> no, set. You're, you're here. good now. You're good. Look now. at this set. You're Holy good now. smokes. All right, anyhow. You're good. Hey, it's good to have fun. I, I thought we'd be sitting here early in that game talking about Chris Archer looking great in his first start, picking up where he left off like we did Trevor Williams yesterday, the bats coming through, but the end of the day, to me, it's bullpen and defense that seem to be the main storylines of this game. Oh yeah, it's, I'm, I'm with you. That that's for sure. Um, you know, I think uh, you know early in the year, and you look towards you know spring training, there was some inconsistency with some of the guys in the in the bullpen, um, and so I, I was kind of wondering, you know, when we come out of the shoot, you know, who's going to be sharp and who's not. I think you got to kind of always wonder about that when the season starts. Um, you know, Crick, for instance, uh, you know, there were some ups and downs in his spring. Uh, but today, I mean, he was the best of the bunch. He went out there, threw the ball where he wanted to, just wiped everybody out. He looked fantastic. Uh, his first outing of the year. So, you know, I think uh, we'll, we'll just be probably a couple of weeks here getting things sorted out in that, in that bullpen and, uh, you know, it was really kind of unusual in the way things played out today. I think the fact that 
that Archer went five instead of you know six, kind of moved everybody up, pitching a little earlier than they they should have. I mean, you're not going to see Kella come in the in the seventh inning very often, and then yeah, you just had kind of everybody a little bit out, out of sync. And um, you know, the Cardinals are a good team uh, that uh, you can't make too many mistakes with, and uh, we could play better defense, I hope, than we we played today. Yeah, I was saying to Greg, Bob, we were talking about this as the game was unfolding, especially toward the end. You know, and it's 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 equal for both clubs. The weather's cold. It's early in the year. You're trying to figure out what your what your club is. You're trying to figure out your bullpen. Sometimes you're trying to figure out your starting lineup. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. when you have guys that that you know battling for jobs, and it's it's almost like the season. We used to say this goes in threes. That first third of the season, trying to figure out what everybody is. Then you get in that middle third. Then you have that final push at the last third. You know, the middle third gets you to the, to the trade deadline, and if you're in it, you're going to do something. But And then with the weather being early like this, off days, coming out of spring training where it's 75, 80 degrees or better, you know, it, it's really hard to judge what a club is. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think especially with the, the bullpen right now is, you know, see, you know, I always call it that totem pole, you know, guys moving up and down, and, 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 and who knows uh, how it's going to, be looking, say, the middle of May. Um, I think we can look back, you know, years past, last year, whatever year you want to pick, and it's always a little different in the middle of May than what you thought coming out of spring training. We spend so much time, uh, I think, fans, uh, you know, the the, the media, the announcers, uh, figuring out who's going to be on that 25-man roster, who's going to be in the final bullpen. You know, none of that stuff really matters. Because by the end of the month, it's probably going to be a little bit different anyway. Once you see who's really going to be doing a good job and, and who maybe is not, who's maybe a little hurt, uh, a lot of things going to going to be sorted out here in this uh, first month of the season. And it's going to be a very competitive year with the, in the entire division. You know, everybody's uh, got good things and got bad things. So I, I expect the season to be a lot like last year as far as our interdivision play amongst the Cardinals and the Cubs and the, the Brewers and the Reds. I think everybody has some strengths, and you can look at each team. You can see where, well, there's an, there's an area that they're not very strong, and, and we're no different from the rest of them. Jack and I have talked about that recently, too, that it seems like each team is approaching the season in a different way with strengths and weaknesses. The bullpen, hoping it was a strength, but it started out slow last year, too. Vasquez mm-hmm. had that start, uh, the slow start to the year. People were questioning, should he stay in the closer role? So I look at it and panic early on. That's the way I am. And that's why I'm not running the team or part of anything like that. Well, it's easy to do. Yeah. I mean, you, know, it, you want to get off to a very good start. And, and so you do kind of like, oh, what's going to happen here? And, I, and it, it, as many openers as I've been involved with over the years, you know, going back even to the minor leagues, it, it, you would think I would be a little more relaxed. But I'm, I, I'm like that also. I'm, you know, I'm a fan. And. Yeah, you want to win so badly right away, get out to the, the front and and uh, make everybody, including ourselves, really strong believers that, okay, this is going to be a good year. And you do kind of like say, wow, you know, that I didn't expect that to happen here in the first week of the season. But everybody just relax and, and we'll see what, what it's going to be in, in a month from now. And uh, there'll be a lot, of, a lot more answers. And the things that tie into all of this, too, are the injuries to all the clubs. You know, so mm-hmm. you take sure. your own club and who's on a DL and who's not on a DL, who's not with your club. 
and then you look at other clubs around baseball, you know, and you, and you see the same thing within your own division, you know. So it, it's kind of like it, it, just, it just has to play. You have to play. You have to work it out, and eventually – it all settles aware yeah. this is our club you know, and this is like, our club. It's third game of the season. It, it was kind of a tough loss the way it, you know, it looked like we were going to cruise to a win there for a long time. Uh, but, you know, there, there were some good things that happened in today's game uh, that, you know, we've already touched on, on, on a few. I thought that, you know, Colin Moran uh, coming up with some really big hits. Uh, uh, he's really driving the ball right now. 110 miles an hour, exit velocity on that home run. Uh, only question off the bat was it going to be high enough. I mean, he, he really uh, looked good at the plate this afternoon. Well, talking about some of those positives, uh, sort of a theme I'd say you see just through three games, obviously. They stuck with Tyone late in the first game, tried mm -hmm. to let him pitch his way out of it. We saw Trevor Williams get that opportunity. And then to see Clint Hurdle let Goldschmidt face, or face Archer, or Archer face Goldschmidt, rather, in that fifth inning, I like that he's going to his guys and letting them work their way out of it early. Well, it would have been tough to take your starter out in the fifth inning with a lead. I mean, it, it, when he had eight strikeouts, mm -hmm. and uh, so I, I not a, not a surprised by that at all. Um, you know, I, the only thing about Archer's game that I, I wish would have been a little different. I wish he, he could have been a little more efficient, so he could have stayed out there even longer than he did. Because when he was throwing the ball where he wants to, nobody was really doing anything with him. He had a great slider today. There's lots of uh, Lots of swings and misses. That was a great pitch for him, as it as it always is. Um, during spring training, uh, especially there was one game in particular where he had an amazing changeup, uh, and I thought maybe we'd see a few more of those today. We we didn't uh, necessarily see him, but he, he didn't really need it because his slider was working so so well for him. You know, the other positive is you know you look at the other day when Nick Birdie came in, struck out three guys. Mm -hmm. I thought today, boy, did he have a good slider. Yeah, you know, he, he threw a couple that were like, wow, I didn't know this guy had this in his in his uh, arsenal. So that's a good sign as well. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he looks good to me. I mean, he earned his spot. He's a Rule 5 guy, but who cares? He earned his spot on this team uh, with great work during spring training. Looked fantastic in Cincinnati. Looked good in the innings that he was out there today. Looked good most of the time. He threw kind of a, uh, a you know, the classic, I think it would look like he was a backup slider. They got hit down the line, uh, and that hit right on the outside edge of the chalk. Nice. I mean, that's kind of a little bit bad luck there. But, yeah, he's, uh, he's showing, uh, you know, good power fastball and a nice tight slider. Uh, only one that really didn't do much, and he got burnt by it. I, I, if I'm right, and that was a backup slider. Well, Jack and I had talked during the game. We'll wrap you up with this, Bob. The defensive replacements we saw late in the game, I had talked about the possibility with Jack. You're up four late. Do you bring Gung in there to play third and maybe move Moran over or just replace Moran at third given the defensive difference there? Did you guys have any thoughts on that or did you think, like, I think, Jack, you stated that you stick with a young guy in Moran. He was your starter last year. Let him go out there and sort of prove himself. Yeah, I think uh, that, you know, Moran was in the starting lineup today for, you know, a reason, mm -hmm. lame play. and. Uh, he's got a long career ahead of him, and I I don't I don't think you're you're going to take him out uh, for defense. Okay. I, I, I I would be very surprised to see them do that. I, I have a lot of confidence in anything's hit to him. He's going to catch extremely accurate throwing arm. Uh, yeah, he did you know muff up a, muff a ball today, but that that's sure. I think's rare. The only negative thing I I think that he doesn't really have a lot of range left to right. But as far as, like, catching 
They're all making all the routine plays. He's going to do that all day long, every day. Occasionally he'll mess one up, but everybody does. He does seem solid there. I agree with you that if it's hit to him, you feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I I don't mind him out there at all. I mean, I I just don't think that he's going to, like, show a whole lot of left to right range, but there's a lot of guys that that play the the hot corner that uh, are there because they have a lot to do with the offense and because they have good quick hands, they can catch the ball, it's hit to them, and they make the throws. That's uh, one of the, that's some of the more important things about third base. Uh, you know, I think there's some more places out there where we're probably even more, much more challenged defensively than over there. And if you are going to be a little, or give a little less on the defensive side of things, you bring it offensively, and we saw that from him today. So at least he carried his own in that regard mm-hmm. because he was a catalyst in that lineup. Hurdle talked about the numbers that he had against Wainwright previously and wanting to get him out there. So... Well, the next move is we've got to figure out these chairs for the next time we're together. This one I'm the leaning. Chairs, the the one I'm sitting in just wants to keep going backwards here. I feel like I'm in a lounge chair. <laughs> well, I think the uh, the further you, you come this way with the booze, I think the worse the chairs get. As we get the down. downgrades yeah. all the way yeah, down I think here. We're, we're in the booth number one. we got some nice chairs down there. I, I start this conversation, look at you eye to eye, and then by the time I'm finished, I'm laying down on my back almost. And we don't have a camera in here to catch uh, all this. At like least the TV. windows are closed and it's not freezing cold. For they sure. weren't. Jack took care of that for us. I did. I did. <laughs> well, Bob, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate you making some time for us. All right, guys. We'll, uh, see, you we'll see you. Talk to you Wednesday. Yeah, be safe. Right. Bye-bye. All right, uh, Jack, on the rest of the postgame show, I want to look a little more detail into this game, talk about what we saw from Chris Archer, what we saw from Adam Wainwright, a guy we talked a lot about in the pregame show, and actually some things that in that pregame show brought to you by NASCO Roofing that sort of played themselves out the way we thought they would and the way this game looked early on and where it went wrong. So we'll, take, we'll talk about that, and we'll take some of your calls up next at 412-928-9370 here on the Pirates postgame show brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Drive to right field, enough height on it, and Colin Moran has done it again! Don't you know? Send it to County Cork, why don't you? And give the Buckos the lead in the eighth of the home opener. It's 5-4. to four. Today's home run report is brought to you by Flynn's Auto Service, your hometown tire and auto service experts. Jack, that home run was hit in the eighth inning. That feels like days ago at this point, doesn't it? They Who's, took the lead. Did we ever pick the click? I can't recall. Oh, you took him from me. Like I you've did. taken everybody from me so far this year. Who'd you take? I think I took Marte. He was what? Okay. Uh, one for five, two runs, a game, walk. Game ending double play. Yeah, yeah it was no yeah, call. That's good call. That's I, good see, call. I figured it out in the po- in the pregame. <laughs> I talk these guys up, uh, and then you hear, "Oh, I like uh, this, I, I like that," and then you okay. take my guy from me. All right, all right. You know, you, thou shalt not steal. You know that. So I, I, I learned that when I was a little kid. So well, we're back together on me. Wednesday. I'm going to hold you to that. All right, and I'm going to let you pick first on Wednesday. How's that? Oh, see, you're a gentleman. All right. I won't let anybody say anything else other than you, not that about you. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now I think there were people, Jack, calling. Moran being in the lineup, we talked about it in the pregame. I was shocked, absolutely shocked, to see that Gung wasn't in the opening day home opener lineup like that. But Hurdle talked about what Moran had done in a very small sample size against Wainwright. We looked at the numbers. Sometimes I guess you not luck into it, but you, you find your way into a guy that can really make an impact on a game. And one of the few positives that come out of this game is that Call Moran, I mean, did it at the plate and then went to first base and played for this team, too. Well, remember, Colin Moran was your starting third baseman a year ago. So you've got to let the guy play. And, 
you know, so you have a left-right combination there with Gung, and obviously they gave the position to Gung as the starting third baseman. But Moran's going to play a part here. The other day he pinch hit, got a nice base hit to left center field. Today he comes up with a big home run. Uh, so, you know, at, at the end, you don't win it with eight players. You're going to have to have an entire um, – the whole roster has to contribute, bullpen and, and position guys. So, you know, that being the case, you run him out there, give him his chance to start, and he's going to get his chance to play here and there. So, you know, we'll see what happens because you never know. You know, when you're an injury away from, from getting back into the lineup. That's just how baseball is. And that's one of the things that I've thought about with this team that – they have guys at the top that seem to be decent or those uh, question mark guys that could really pan out for you. But I, I was worried when you saw the play between Francisco Cirelli and Josh Bell it, and that foul ball that he went after. If something happens to Josh Bell, that's like you talked about the injuries. Where do you go next? Because I, I know last year they had turned to like a Jose Osuna. He's hurt right now. So the depth may be a little bit of a concern, and that's maybe showed itself today. And that would be the case. I mean, the Moran, if something happened to Bell, Moran would be your first baseman, I would guess. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Gung would stay at third until Bell got healthy again. So you just have to let it play out. I mean, it, it's easy to get frustrated early in the year. It's easy to look at things that don't work out. Remember, they played in 32-degree weather the other day. Today it was sunny, but it was very, very cold. The guys are coming out of spring training. It affects players differently. Some guys, it doesn't affect them much at all. Other guys like playing in colder weather. And some guys, it affects them. You know, and we let's go back to a year ago, you know, when the Cubs were not playing very good the first month of the season. Weather was terrible. And the Cubs kept saying, well, wait till the calendar turns. Wait till the calendar turns. When we hit June, and look what happened. The Cubs got hot and, then, you know, ended up just missing out, uh, you know, to Milwaukee. Well, one of the guys we talked about, that defensive replacement, Jung-Ho Gung, coming and getting the good hands. Defensive play of the day brought to you by Roberto Clemente Jr. Family Insurance, the top of the 10th turning that ending-ending double play on the Tyler O'Neill ground out. We had seen some plays earlier on that they didn't turn the double plays. How we, we had talked with Bob Walk about this. How much of that do you worry about because there were defensive concerns going into the season that they're rearing their head already? And how much of it is just it, it, it's early? They let the guys play. It's cold. All the variables to it. Well, you have to let them play. And, by the way, the Cardinals didn't play stellar defense either. No, you know, was, yeah. Was, yeah, I mean, ugly. look at the ball that Bader dropped. You know, I don't know what that was all about. The left fielder's camped under it, and he goes, you know, in a long, long way and, and drops the ball. So, hit, hit batsmen today. You know, this was not a clean ball game in any way, shape, or form. There were errors. There were hit batsmen. There were wild pitches. There were pass balls. You know, you name it. You saw about everything here today in this almost five-hour ball game. But – at the end, you have to let the players play. It'll work itself out. You know, you're going to ordain somebody as you're starting whatever, and that may hold true for the first month of the season. But then eventually, as guys get to play, you get to figure out who your guys are. you got to remember, they have never seen um, Gonzalez play mm-hmm. under, their, under their nose. And they see him in spring training when the weather's ideal. But now you're up here when it really counts. You know, Gung's coming off missing two years. You know, think about those things. And, and you just have to you have to run them out there. They've got guys in a bullpen that they're not that familiar with. They've got guys in a bullpen that had great years a year ago. Bullpens fluctuate. Bullpens change. They work themselves out. You have guys that are coming out of spring training, maybe not at the top of their game. You have other guys that had great spring trainings. 
you got to play the game. you got to get in the groove. And then the other part we talked about, cold weather, you have days on. It's start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. You know, just the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. that's the way it is. But eventually it's going to work itself out, and you're going to find out exactly what this club is. Today was disappointing. You look like you had a chance to really blow this game out because what Wainwright was throwing up there, come on. You know, it was just uh, he was trying to trick his way through with breaking balls and his fastballs not what it was at one time. And it just looked like you had an opportunity to just blow this game wide open. They didn't do it. And it ended up biting them in the end. Well, we're going to wow. hear from Clint Hurdle here in a minute, but we asked for your calls at 412-928-9370. Tom in Greensburg called in. Hey, Tom, what you like to talk about? I'd like to talk about, you know, this season's going to swing on just a couple games. So far, Rodriguez has really, you know, uh, crapped the bed and two of them really cost. You know, the one today, I would say, and uh, maybe even the one they lost before. I'm not saying get rid of the guy. I'm saying, uh, do you start at some point to lose confidence they running him out there? I mean, eventually, as I said, it, this will play itself out. You know, he, he look, it hasn't been good. Nobody can defend that. Then you look at Birdie. Birdie was pretty good, you know. So you just have to let him play. you got to let him go out there. And at the end, if this continues with Rodriguez, then obviously they're going to notice it just like we are. But the guy was so good a year ago, you can't turn your back on players that have done a nice job for you. And then think about Vasquez last year. There were guys who were screaming, Early in the year, you know, Vasquez can't be a closer. You know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, guess what? He ended up being pretty doggone good. So you got to let him play. At the end, they're going to see it just like we'll see it, and it'll just sort itself out. There may be somebody that you're not even thinking about right now that's sitting in AAA, or they may pick a guy off a waiver wire or something like that that ends up playing a part of this club that isn't even on the club right now. That's just how early season baseball is. I thought we would have seen – Based off the bullpen last year and into this year, and like Bob Locke told us, you can't always base it off that. He calls it that totem pole. I, I had sort of had the expectation that it would be Rodriguez, Crick, Kella, Vasquez, and we didn't see that. How early on to the, in the year, is, is there a lot of tinkering that goes on? Do you try and stick with things and see how they play out? Or if they had it reversed, maybe Crick before Rodriguez, do you now change that? Well, I don't. It's early again. It's you know, it's two appearances. So you know, you, you can't write a guy off on two appearances. And I'm not sure. I, I mean, I don't know. I was in a spring training. Mm-hmm. I did, I'm not in the meetings to hear the discussions with the pitching coach and the manager and what they're thinking about. Not sure on you know, the thing we don't know about is is someone 100% or someone 90%. Sure. You know, is there a little ailing thing? Is there something where a guy? You just don't know. Some guys, some guys adapt as I said earlier, colder weather better than other guys. It just, you know, it just is what it is. And, you know, at the end, we'll all figure this thing out. We'll all be able to see it right before our eyes. And, you know, they're going to they're gonna give uh, Rodriguez another chance. And it's sure spotlight's going to be on him. I mean, he's had two very bad outings, you know. So now what happens is he goes to the third one, and then eventually, you know, you start to get concerned a little bit. You know, but you got to let it unfold. The weather's going to warm up as the week goes on, and that'll play a part in, in – I think, how some of these guys perform. So, in general, you preach patience early on like this. Well, let, let me talk about this one, too. What was Chris Carpenter? I mean, look at – or Matt Carpenter. Look mm-hmm. at what he was the first month of the season last year. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't very good. And Goldschmidt also the first month of the year last year. 44 games last year for Goldschmidt to hit his fourth home run last right. year. Was and, and there were people saying, well, you know, well, Goldschmidt started out slow. Okay, he did. You're right. Carpenter started out slow. He got on fire and was in the MVP running at the end of the year. So – 
this ha- you can't write off a month. You can't write off two weeks. You know, you just got to let it play. It- it'll work itself out. So conversely, then you see Moran has had some pretty good pinch hit at bats. Obviously, looked good today. They announced Gung as their starting third baseman to start the year. Do they stick with that then too, or do you maybe see a little more Moran moving forward? No, you got to. Gung's their starting third baseman. They said it right yeah. now. I mean, he's their starting third baseman, but. You know, you're going to get Moran into the lineup, and as I said, you're going to watch how these things play itself out. You know, Josh Bell. I mean, Josh Bell's got to produce for him. So, you know, they have some limitations because Bell can pretty much play first base. That's it. I think they've given up on him mm-hmm. being an outfielder. And Moran is locked into either one of the corner positions, so he's not going to go. He's going to go to first or third. That's about it. I don't see him playing anywhere else unless there's an emergency like today with – with uh, Molina. Molina, his yeah. first ever appearance in baseball. Yeah. In the, all the years that Yadier Molina has played, and today we saw the first time he's ever played third base. At least that was interesting. Yeah, that was. You know, <laughs> But, again, you get to situations in late in a ball game where Matt Carpenter got thrown out of the ball game. Now you use a ton of pit players, and uh, you're down to what's my best option at this point in time. I was curious today, you know, if something would happen to Cervelli, you know, now you have – uh, you have a backup catcher. I, I was curious on who your third catcher is. Sure. You know, Stallings would have been in the ball game, but then you have to look and say, you know, we knew in the past it would have been Sean Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the third catcher is now. So if something would happen to Savelli and and, and uh, Stallings gets into a ball game and something would happen to Stallings, I'm not sure where they're going. And that's what we saw with the Cardinals. Both catchers on the roster were in the field at one point, and who knows what happens from there. But we talked about Colin Moran. We're going to call him today's most valuable hitter, brought to you by Monongahela Valley Hospital, putting your health first. I'd like to hear from Clint Hurdle and what he said in the post game and talked about you don't ever really consider it a win until the game's done. In the game, you don't ever have it won to you until you win it. Um, it's a good ball club over there. They're always going to battle. We didn't play well enough to win today. So I think you honestly self-evaluate. Did you do enough things to, to win the game? And unfortunately, with the free 90s we gave them, too many, too many different opportunities late to extend innings, put base runners on. Um, that's what costs us the game. It's a small sample size, but is it concerning to see the production against your bullpen like this? It's a really small sample size. Yeah, so we'll keep pushing them out there and um, give them opportunities uh, to build some consistency and some continuity to roles, and I, I've got a lot of confidence in them. Well, I think there's some. Um, there was a time there where he wouldn't let anybody play. I mean, he was just sw- swing and miss and some walks and some strikeouts. There wasn't a lot of contact. So he was, uh, he was fun to watch. Obviously, he was in it. Um, when he gave up two hits on the, in the five innings, he was out there. Um, so the adrenaline flow always is probably full on with him as well. And at the end of the day, five innings, no run baseball. He made some really good pitches when he needed to. He worked uh, extremely well with, with some runners on base. So I, I thought it was a professional outing. Probably three more pitches than he liked to in five innings. Other than that, though, he got outs when he needed them. Is it more frustrating that you lost after a good start like that? It, you know, there's not levels of frustration. No. Uh, there's not. I mean, you, you win the game or you lose the game. Then, again, you honestly self-evaluate. He gave us the start we needed. We got a sixth inning that we needed. We had a bad seventh inning, complicated things, and let them get close again. 
and then we weren't able to stop them in all but one of the innings, uh, the, the next three that we went out and played. And we were able to answer one time. You know, Moran gave us a big shot in the arm to put us back on top. So I think realistically, when you play the game and you don't play well enough to win, you know that and you just move on from it. What work do you do to eradicate the 3 We just spent six weeks working on defense. It didn't go out there and play today, so we'll continue to work. Before the game, you mentioned he's going to play with Wayne Wright. I hit against Wayne Wright. What did you think about him today? Oh, what a fantastic day at the plate. Uh, he's on base four times. He took a good swing at the ball that he popped up off Hicks late. That's gonna can't be any fun hitting off Hicks in the shadows today, uh, or anybody for that matter. But when a guy can run three digits at you up there and then throw the uh, the breaking ball that he was throwing as well, a really good game at the plate for 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 Mo. We've got confidence in him. He did some good things for us last year. We're going to need all 25 guys to contribute to have the kind of year we believe we can have. Jack, I'm going to call it today's break of the game, brought to you by Leon's Billiards and more in Wexford or online at leonsbilliards.com. In that fifth inning, you heard Clint Hurdle talking about what they got from Chris Archer. That strikeout of Goldschmidt in the fifth inning where he ends that inning, really put his foot down at times and did what he needed to do. The pitch count got a little bit high. We saw that from him last year, too. But he's also just a gamer. that I feel like he rises to the occasion when he needs to. Yeah, he, there's no doubt. And I, I think if you asked, and we're going to hear him talk here shortly, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, he'd like his pitch count to be a little lower. He'd, he'd take back the three walks and hit batsmen, you know, give four guys on base. But, you know, he's always had the strikeout stuff. I mean, that's why they acquired him. When I brought him over here, everybody knew, everybody looked at his numbers, everybody knew his history. He strikes guys out. That's what he does really well. So, and he did it again today. Five innings, eight strikeouts, that's pretty good. But I said he, efficiency would be something I'm sure that he would like to say I, I got to get better at, and he will, you know. So it's just, it's the first, first outing of the year. He had those eight strikeouts. I thought it could have been nine. The second at bat of the game, he faced Paul Goldschmidt. I thought he rung him up. I thought he thought he rung him up, too. That's one of my favorite things about watching Chris Archer is when he punches a guy out, he, he knows it when he throws that pitch and he gets that reaction. He's just a fun guy to watch on the mound. I feel like that's infectious to the team then when you have a guy out there with that kind of energy. It's funny. Cervelli said in the pregame interview, he looks like he's 20 or 18. You know, he doesn't look like he's 30. You know, he looks like a kid. Yeah. And he does. He's got a, he's a high-energy guy. You know, he's a very, very good athlete. He's got a live arm, you know, and it was, it was a good outing today for him. It wasn't great, but it was a good outing, very efficient. Should have won a ball. Give up two hits in five innings and strike out eight guys. That's not too shabby. One of the guys we did see that was probably the best pitcher in this game, Kyle Crick, that relieved Archer in the sixth inning. One inning, two strikeouts. Jack, if what we saw from Kyle Crick is what you see from him the rest of the year, and you have to still feel good about Kelly, you feel good about Vasquez, despite what we've seen, maybe some early returns here, that is a formidable Seventh, eighth, and nine trio. Yeah, and and you know you have to be careful because you're not going to see that from Kyle Crick all the time. You're going to see he's pretty good. He had a good year last year. Um, just like he got excited about Birdie striking out three mm-hmm. guys. You know, it's, he's not going to do that every time out. When he was in Cincinnati, he went a blow one, two, three. Today he made some good pitches. It's all about execution. And right now, pitchers are typically ahead of hitters just because the weather is. It's tough to hit in this cold weather. You know, you get a sure. ball on a fist, you know, your thumbs hurt, your fingers hurt. So, you know, again, you just – and I say this and I preach this, be patient. We'll find out how good this club is. Everybody anticipates – everybody has a thought of what this club is. 
you're going to find out as the season unfolds and early in the year, you can't bury him or they go off to a ten, if they won 10 games in a row, are you going to win a World Series and all of a sudden something fell apart? Or if you end up, that's the way you would feel. <laughs> you look at me when you say you, you win 10 games, you're going to win the World Series. Uh, I thought, yeah, uh, that is what I'd probably be saying. Yeah, Everything's probably. playing out exactly like I thought it would. Here right. we go. Buy the tickets. Yeah, you just, I mean, <laughs> Cubs, hey, the games and streaks. You go in streaks where all of a sudden, you know, Pittsburgh put a streak together last year. It was phenomenal, that's right? That's right. And where they end up fourth in the division, right? Yep. So what's that tell you? I mean, it, it's a give and take. You know, it, you'll have good times. You'll have bad times. You'll have good outings and bad outings. You're going to find out what this club is as this season continues to unfold. And we're all going to watch because, I mean, I, look, every guy is out there has an opinion. Nobody knows the games yep. played between those two white lines out there. Well, speaking of opinions, we want yours at 412-928-9370. After a 6-5 extra innings loss to the Cardinals at the home opener, Joe in Penn Hills is on the line. Hey, Joe. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Good. Well, I go back. I'm, I told uh, I'm 75, so, you know, I've seen a lot of baseball. and I watched that whole game. It was pretty torturous because <laughs> I know it's cold weather. I know it's the third game, but uh, I don't know if they got a double play combination with them, too. Uh, I like Frazier as a hitter. Bell, we know he can't field. I don't think they got much of an offense. I'm just crossing my fingers that, uh, oh, boy, I don't know, man. What I've seen today, I know, like you say, let it go, let it ride out. But uh, and Hurdle's got to – he does a little bit more managing than he should. He should calm down a little bit. I would have brought Crick out for one more inning because he only threw 12 pitches and let him go. You know, what is what is. So I'm just going to wait it out. But it was one of the worst games I've seen in years, guys. It was ugly. And jeez. It, it's tough to lose the home opener that way. Thanks for the call, Joe, no doubt. Jack, do you would you have thought about Crick for a second inning there? I did. I mean, I thought, you know, he went on and pitched so well. And I think Joe's right. You know, I was curious why you didn't see him a second inning. But. He hasn't, he hasn't, I don't think very many times he's gone two innings, and right now you want to get guys into ball games. you're off again tomorrow. So, um, But, you know, the, the thing I think, Joe, you, and I think most people, the realistic, for this club to be a winning club, then this pitching has to pitch good, and that's going to be the key. They've been preaching that. They've talked about it ever since the acquisitions at the trade deadline last year. Now, that said, how good is this club offensively? They're going to be as good as – players have good years because you don't have superstars on this club. You don't have guys that are going to carry you like some of the stars in the game, your Trouts and guys like that. You just don't have that kind of player here. But what you have to have is you need a bunch of players to have really good years. You know, if Cervelli has a really good year and Kung comes back and has a nice year, and then you get Dickerson to repeat what he did a year ago and maybe add a little more power, and then you got Bell to be a semblance of what he was that first year, and go on and on and on and on. But if you end up having eight starting players and three of them have down years, this isn't the kind of offensive club that's going to be able to sustain themselves. They can keep themselves in ball game with pitching. Defense is going to be a question mark. I think everybody said that. They went out and they brought this shortstop in because they thought he was, you know, they ran and raved about his defense. We're going to wait and see. And everyone knows that Frazier is an offensive second baseman. That's what he is. He should be better. We'll see as time goes on. But you could look at it, and you can pick it apart. There's no doubt. And if guys have down years, then it could be a tough, tough offensive, tough, tough offensive team to watch. But if, like I said, several of them have good years, then you know, then it'll be fun to watch this club. And one of the things that Joe brought up our last caller is the double play combination. One of the things I think Frazier and Gonzalez are going to have going against them 
is that Harrison and Mercer had played together so long that they developed as a duo. How important is it to have that chemistry between the two guys? And how long does it take maybe for two new guys to develop it? Is spring enough? Uh, not really. Not really. I think it takes time to play together. And again, um, you know, Newman's still here. Yeah. So there's going to be days when Newman's running out there, you know, as your, as your shortstop. So now you've got Frazier who's learning to play with, with uh, Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. Now he's going to learn to play with Newman too. So at the end, I mean, I could, you can go around baseball. You can start looking at second basemans per se. Uh, and you can see second basemen like Daniel Murphy, who wasn't a great player. Jeff Kent was never a great second baseman. Uh, there's a ton of them that weren't great second basemen, but, boy, they could deliver the, the offensively, and that's what you're hoping you get out of Frazier. If that's the case, then you're going to live with maybe a little bit of defense until he gets – what you want him to do is be real steady for you. He's not going to be a star, but he made a nice play up the middle. He did. You know, so give him credit for that one. And he's not going to be a gold-glove second baseman, but if he can be – dependable and steady, and if he ends up being a 300 hitter like you think he's going to be, and it'd be the right type of guy to be your leadoff guy, what you need is you need your shortstop to be really good. You know, that's really the key here is for him to be the defender that they, they think that they brought in, and we're going to see. We'll see as the season unfolds. And a positive for Frazier, something people questioned about him as a leadoff hitter is his patience at the plate and the ability to draw walks. Two of them today, so at least he's showing that he can get on base. Only one for four, but still on base three times. You'll take that from your leadoff hitter. Well, I mean, that's what you want him to do. You want him to get on base, and no matter what. Some, and then the other day, I thought he did a great thing in Cincinnati, dropping down that bunt. That that's was right. outstanding, you know. So, again, let's look at Frazier. Give him time. You know, he, now he's your second baseman. I don't think anyone's taking that job away from him. He's going to put the bat on the ball. Hopefully he gets on base for a high percentage and sets the lineup for the guys behind him because if this, this club's going to win, you're going to have to have Marte and Dickerson and – and Bell and Kung and those guys are going to and Cervelli. These guys are going to have to have good years. Coming up on the Pirates post game show, brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. We will hear from one of the better performers in today's game, Chris Archer, and take your calls at four one two nine two eight ninety three seventy here on Sports Radio ninety three seven. The fan. Two balls, two strikes. Archer delivers. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Chris Archer strikes out the side. Number eight. And man, is he high-fiving everybody as he goes down those dugout steps. Jack, plenty of lowlights in today's game, but that was definitely one of the highlights of the game, brought to you by High Tech Auto Care. Getting to see Archer strike out the side, finish off that fifth inning, head into the dugout with the lead, which at the time you felt like was going to be pretty safe. Yeah, not a well-played game. You know, in, in one of our callers, I think it was, was it Tom and Penn Hills or so, said that Ron and Penn Hills. Joe, said, I think it was. Yep, something. We'll get it. No, guy in Penn Hill. <laughs> One of those but, is but right. Said, I'm like, sure of it. Yeah, I mean, it's you're sitting there. You're wanting your club to play a crisp ball game. But anytime you play a almost five hour ball game, which uh, this was four hours and fifty minutes, there's a reason why it was four hour and fifty minutes. <laughs> there's uh, there's walks, there's errors, there's pass balls. You had there, and both clubs. You know, if you are, I tell you what, as much as concern as you as some of our call, excuse me, some of our callers have with the Pirates. If you're a Cardinal fan, what are you thinking about Wainwright? Yeah, that I has mean, to be real How concern. long is that stuff going to last? Throwing the ball up there 88 miles an hour, throwing breaking ball, curveball, you know, walks three guys in the first inning. I mean, wow. I mean, he was he was a pitch or two away from just being out of the ball game in a hurry. And we talked about that in the pregame. So it, it's that obvious just to the observers of baseball that that's what he's doing. You know the advanced scouting reports, everything they have on this guy. 
the Pirates knew what they were looking at, and the more teams see from him this year, there's no way the Cardinals could be anything but concerned with him. Well, and people will call in, and I hear people talking about the fourth and fifth starters. You know what? It's tough to get four and five starters deep in professional baseball today. That's why the opener, which is when, mm-hmm. when guys will start a relief pitcher to start a ball game, not only to switch a lineup around, but for very specific reasons because they don't have the depth in starting rotation. It's just the way it is. You know, you have 30 teams, and, you know, pitchers today, if they go six innings, man, they did their job, you know. Well, guess what? Then you turn it over. It used to be the guys would go eight innings, you know, nine innings of a ball game, throw you know, 250 games changed completely. So the fact is, you know, the, the, the prescription is if my one is a one and my two is a two and my three is a three and we can go to head-to-head with anybody in division, I hope my four and five is better than your four and five because on a given day, my one will beat your one. On another day, your two will beat my two. My three will beat your three. But if my four and five are better than your four and five, then I really got a chance to win. One thing that worries me from the fan perspective, because there's no rumors that this could happen, but we have talked a couple times already this year about the Cardinals always just seem to find guys that work out. So if Wainwright doesn't work out, what do they do? My first thought, again, no reports or anything, so who knows if they would even have interest. A guy like Dallas Keuchel's out there, and that is my nightmare, that the Cardinals would end up with a guy like that to throw into the back of the rotation. But if Wainwright's that bad, you know they're going to go looking. Well, we sing the Cardinals' praises, and, and deservably so. They've done a lot of nice things. But right now, um, you got a right fielder, Dexter Fowler, coming off of a pretty bad year. Yeah. They went out and they brought him in. And Andrew Miller, the only one out in here today, but that wasn't real impressive. And that's a guy that, you know, that, you, that if you're sitting in St. Louis, you got really excited about Andrew Miller, and he'll probably be real good. But that's why you can't panic on one game. What did Miller do today? Come in and put the, shut the door, and it didn't happen, you know. So, and he's been a quality reliever for a number of years. So that's why you just got to let it unfold. And like I said, if you're them, you know, someone's probably going to talk to Bader today about running from center field to left field, Bell, <laughs> you know, taking the, letting the ball bounce <laughs> off his. I mean, that was like that's a long way to run when that left fielder was sitting there. Like, I got it, I got it. He called him off and dropped the ball. We're going to take some more of your calls. We're also going to hear from Chris Archer here shortly, but we've got Matt Hungarian. Matt, he told me to call him. Sorry, Matt. Matt, Matt. One of Jack's guys I'm led to believe wants to talk about today's game. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, Yeah, uh, Bukashi. That's the name of that game where they throw the dead goat around over in Afghanistan. Uh, We'll take your word on it. Well, Bukashi, yeah, you will. It's a famous game because uh, people die playing it. You know, they put about three or four, five hundred horsemen out there at the same time. And they try to put a dead goat through the goal. All right, Matt, I'm going to stop you there because I want to find out how you're going to relate that to what we saw today. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy, that's a good question. <laughs> well, what do you have on today's game for us? Uh, the day, today's game, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm mad. Uh, this year, I want results this year. You know, we've, we've heard this uh, Huntington crying wolf for the last three years, and it's been five years since we've been in the lousy quarterfinals and and two wild cards uh, the last them couple years, and uh, we want results. So uh, you know, I just want to serve notice to the Pittsburgh management that we want results this year. No uh, no crying uh, uh, wolf anymore. I think they want results too, right, Jack? I mean, I don't think there's anybody that wants to win more than the people that put the team together. I mean, you can speak to that better than anybody. Sure. You know, I mean, I understand fans' frustration, too. I mm-hmm. mean, it, there's there's reason to be frustrated. And, 
you know, there's other reasons to look for hope, you know. So it just depends. When things go bad, you know, people get frustrated, and I understand it. They're paying customers. They want their club to win. When things go good, then people are excited about it, you know. So, you know, it's mad basically is saying it. We want to see the product on the field produce, and that's what you want. You want Marte to be the Marte that you can get excited about. You want Gung to bond. You can go through this whole thing every time Mm -hmm. we talk. It's the same old thing. This lineup, to have a good team, you have to have players have good years. And are these guys capable of having good years? Yes. But they have to have good years this year for this club to be in contention. Well, one guy that did produce today was starting pitcher Chris Archer. Let's hear from him now. I think it's going to be like that all year with the Cardinals. Um, they're a good ball club. They have some nice additions. Um, and we're a good ball, good ball club, too. Um, our margin for error is small. We, uh, we can't make mistakes. Uh, whether that be on the offensive side, defense side, pitching side, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think I expected, I anticipated being like that all year with the Cardinals. You had a lot of traffic on the base pass. They made you throw a lot of pitches, but you still did not give up a run in your outing. Uh, <clears throat> how do you describe the way things kind of went for you in terms of throwing a lot of pitches, but yet still were effective? Um, you know, you got to tip your hat to good clubs. Um, they, they worked me. Um, I definitely could have been more efficient, uh, but it's a good club and um, just try to put my team in a position to win, and um, I felt like I did that today. How different do you think their lineup might be with a guy like Paul Goldschmidt right there? It, it adds tremendous depth. Um, now Ozuna can be hitting in a more natural position. Uh, Molina can hit in a more natural position. Um, it's, they're a good lineup. Um, I feel like we, we should have won that game, um, but that's baseball. Stuff like this is going to happen. And, um, you know, looking forward to, uh, to coming out here Wednesday and, and getting a dub. Can you take us through your emotions there going off the mound there after that last case? Um, I had a good idea that it was my last batter that I was going to face or my last inning, definitely. Um, so I just I gave it everything I had and kind of expressed that after I threw that last pitch. You said the, this group's margin of error is small. Do you think everyone knows that and maybe uh, maybe plays a little bit tighter than, than you would hope for? I don't think our guys are playing tight. No, I just, you know, today, you know, the weather conditions weren't ideal. Um, first time at home, just a lot of things. Um, tough travel schedule. And, and the Cardinals had tough travel schedule too and had to play in those elements. But um, I don't think our guys are playing tight. No, no, sir. What was it like for you to pitch a home opener here on the North Shore? Uh, it was amazing. I, I feed off the fans. Um, I love when they're here. Um, you know, you could see Key that Key fed off it as well, and and Colin always comes up big in those big situations with with a lot of fans here. And I'm looking forward to more of that this year. You feel like the team fed off you too? Um, I, I'm not sure about that one. Um, hopefully, but uh, you know, you'd have to ask have to ask them. We heard Chris Archer talk there about the different variables at the beginning of the season, the travel schedule, the weather conditions, everything that they had to deal with. What do you make of the beginning of the year sort of stuff here? Yeah, I'd said this to you before. I, if I was commissioner of baseball, which I'm not, of course. I'd vote for that, uh, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> and you can't do it because it just wouldn't work. But you'd like to say every game in, in April has to be played in the afternoon. You know, it's just now it was cold today, but – you know, we're going to have warmer temperatures coming this week. But then again, it's going to be cold at night, you know, and baseball is a warm weather sport. However, 
I understand that you wouldn't draw in the middle of the afternoon. I don't think you would, but you know, you could play cold weather games in in dome stadiums and stuff like that if they have a roof. But you know, it, it, it just it would be more ideal for the players. Now, the one thing that ties into this is you got to remember the club left spring training and opened up on the road. Mm-hmm. So they're not even in their apartments when, or wherever they're living. Trevor you know? Williams talked about that before the game. He had a hard time getting out of his house. There were so many bags in front of the door, he said. Exactly. You know, and this is, it's a, it sounds like a little thing. It's just an inconvenience, but it happens all over baseball. So you're no different than the next guy. But it is one of these little things that, that you know, can irritate you, can get you, know, get you out of whack. Some guys are single. Some guys are married. You know, they send their wives ahead to get it ready mm-hmm. for them, and, and some are not accustomed to it. They're new. You know, they don't know. They're, they're rookies, you know, and they're not familiar with how this whole thing works. Now you get into a city. You don't really know the city in some cases, especially with younger players, or maybe you're going to move to another side of town. You get there. Your apartment's not ready for you. you know, it, there's a lot of crazy things. Your house isn't what it was, you know, and you got to go through all these different – your bags are there. You're not unpacked. you got to get to the ballpark. You opened up on a road. You know, there's a lot of little things like that. You know, years ago, I'll tell you something I thought was really interesting. When I was here in it was 92, Ted Simmons did something. He was the general manager. And he did something that I thought was incredible. Albert Martin, whether – just what he did for two players. You know, we lo- you lost Bonds and Bonilla back-to-back years. We knew that was going to happen. So in the winter of 92, he took Kevin Young and Albert Martin, and he said – you're going to live in Pittsburgh this winter and because both of you guys are going to be on our major league club. They were in, they were in AAA, and they were the future. You mm-hmm. know, they, they knew it was, you knew it was going to happen. You know, the guys were gone, so these young guys were going to be on your club. But I want you in this town to know Pittsburgh, to be a Pittsburgher before you break here out of spring training because both of you guys are be on this club. You're going to be a rookie, and you're going to roll into town on day one you're not going to know a doggone thing about the city of Pittsburgh. You're not going to know where to live. You're not going to know where to eat. You're not going to know what the roads and highways are all about. I want you to be familiar with the city of Pittsburgh. He had them come up here and live here in the wintertime. So then they went to spring training from here. And they went, and then they came back. Now they're already accustomed. They've already got their apartment where they were living. So they were part of the city of Pittsburgh already, as opposed to coming here for the first time. I thought that was very, very interesting. It was insightful on Ted's part. And you talk about making them Pittsburghers and being a part of the place. It feels to me, Chris Archer, we heard Hurdle talk about that in the pregame. That's what he did day one right off the plane, ingratiated himself, ingrained himself maybe is the better word, into Pittsburgh. Well, he's coming from what most people feel is one of the least desirable places to play in Mm -hmm. Tampa. Not the city, but – the ballpark yeah. indoors. It's just not. A, it's not a baseball field, um, and he's and he's coming to where they don't draw. They really never get crowds, and he's coming to a city that has arguably the best ballpark in baseball. Yeah, a great tradition in this town, with the Steelers. You know, with the Pirates, a club that a few years before that was in the playoffs, and now they're coming to get him. And he's feeling like, hey, I can be the answer there. And his mother was a diehard Steeler fan, wore black and gold all the time. It just kind of like was the, it was just in the cards for him to be here. Um, and, and as a result, he relished it. I mean, he, he embraced the city, and that's good. I mean, that's a very, very good thing, and I think every player should do that, but, but clearly he went above and beyond. I said to him, uh, the first interview we had with him, 
Uh, he came on right afterwards. I said, now, I know you got all the black and gold, but do you got a Yunzer shirt? <laughs> Did he, he know was, what you were saying? He was like, what? I said, you got to go buy yourself a Yunzer shirt. I said, you can go right across the street from the ballpark here. Ask one of your guys down there to tell you. Ask the clubhouse guys who's been around for a long time. They'll find Tell them you need a Yunzer shirt. He started laughing, so I'm sure he has one by now. Well, Jack, as we wrap things up today, just taking an overall look at this game, the 6-5, 11-inning loss, the big theme to me today, and I don't know what yours will be, we'll get it here in a second, is that bullpen and defense. I expected the bullpen to be a strength. Today it wasn't. The defense was questionable, and today we saw that question mark. Yeah, we did. We did. I mean, the things that you're wanting to get better, uh, wanting to – that you're going to have to have to mm-hmm. be a good ball club – uh, just didn't come through for you today. But, you know, the positive is Chris Archer left this game with a 4 nothing lead. That you, you felt know, great he about. Took you through, he took you to the sixth inning. He didn't get to the – he took you to the sixth inning, left the game with a 4 nothing lead, and turned it over to what all of us believe is going to be a really good bullpen. And I would say this to you and anyone else. For the next ten ball games that, w- that Pittsburgh Pirates play, if you got a f- – if you go into the sixth inning with a 4 nothing lead and, let's say, turn it over to the bullpen, how good are you going to feel about your odds of winning the ballgame? I take notes here during the game about asking people different questions we might have on the postgame show. I had one in case we got Chris Archer, and the question was, how confident are you when you turn the game over to the bullpen? Because I just thought at that point, we're probably going to get Chris Archer on. The bullpen's going to shut this down. So you're right. You give me 10 games like that more times than not, I think this bullpen will shut it down. And there were, I think, two, two things that stood out for me. Number one, you probably should have scored more runs yep. off of Wainwright the way he was pitching than you did. He made adjustments in that second inning. Uh, and the second part of it is, like I just said, I'll say it again. The next 10 games, if you have a 4 nothing lead going into the sixth inning with this bullpen, are you going to feel good? Are your odds of winning 8 out of 10? You know, minimal 7 out of 10. It just didn't happen today. That's the way the game is. Well, as we wrap things up with this 6-5 loss in the home opener, we'll take a look ahead Two guys with ERAs I don't think they'll expect to have at the end of the year. Jamison Tyone takes the hill on Wednesday. 7.05 first pitch. Jack and I will join you at 5.40. His ERA sits at 6 right now. Miles Michaelis for the Cardinals, an ERA of 9. I feel like those are two guys that are going to come out looking to maybe change the narrative from that first game for them this year. Yeah, and, and, and again, I thought Tyone was pretty efficient. You know, he, he uh, when 80 pitches are right about it, and it's like a 60 strikes, so I mean, we were somewhere in that range right there, 59, 83 or something it was. Mm-hmm. So that was really, really good. You had, the sec- you had Williams do the same thing the next day, but better. So you know Tyon's going to be real good. And you know Miles Michaelis is going to be real yep. good. He's been, he's been a really nice find for the Cardinals. So should be a good matchup on Wednesday. And like we said, Jack, to wrap things up here, we will be back with you at 540 on Wednesday, taking you up to that 705 first pitch. On behalf of myself. Who's your pick to click on Wednesday? I'm, I'm get, not telling you I'm now. Go. You're taking it from me no, every other game I'm so giving, far. I'm giving you a chance <laughs> to jump the gun on me. I haven't done my research for Wednesday. Uh, and I gotta get, that's okay. the thing. I've got to get my research in first. Here's I got one question. Are you ever going to pick an opposing player? Has anybody ever done that before? I did it last year. You did? I did. And I won. Well, I was lucky. See, I was lucky. I, I may have to fortunate. steal your strategy then. Uh, well, I don't do it much, but I did it one time last year, and it, it turned out to be a positive. <laughs> well, for myself and Jack Sorensic, as we wrap things up here from PNC Park, we thank you for joining us on Pirates Post Game, brought to you by Shendorovich, Shendorovich, and Fishman. Stick with us here on Sports Radio 93.7. The fan is Paul Zeiss is up next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.